Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host Joyrider coming to you live from the Dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent J, and Floofmaster Toby. And for one week only, tonight featuring special guest Mistress Hayoka. This is episode 114. This week we are finishing up with our look at the Cold War and music of that era. We're going to get started in 1986, where we left off from last week, and our first song up is by Bananarama. I had no idea about this. I was a Bananarama fan back in the 80s, and I didn't realize this, but White Train, the song we're going to listen to, is actually about the train that carried nuclear missiles across the country. This is Bananarama's White Train.
True Confessions was such a great album, and one of the members of Bananarama was actually married to Dave Stewart of the Eurythmics. Up next, we have one from an Australian band called Avion, which formed in 1981. This is from their 1986 album called White Noise, and it's called Berlin Wall.
So I never really thought that I would end up playing John Denver when I started this show, but I think this is actually going to end up being the second time that I will have played his work. This piece in particular is important for a couple of reasons. In addition to being a musician, he was a political activist, and in 1985, John Denver went to the Soviet Union, and he visited the Piskaryovka Memorial Cemetery, which is where hundreds of thousands of people who were killed during the Siege of Leningrad during World War II are buried, and clearly that made quite an impression on him. In addition, he met Alexander Gradsky, who was the leading singer-songwriter in Russia at the time, and they ended up collaborating on this track. It got him into a bit of trouble with his record label, which was RCA at the time, and RCA was owned by General Electric, who had military contracts, and so having an anti-war song on their roster was not good for business. So Denver started up his own record label after this. This next song from John Denver and Alexander Gradsky is called Let Us Begin, in brackets, What Are We Making Weapons For? I am the son of a grassland farmer Western Oklahoma, 1943 I always felt grateful To live in the land of the free I gave up my father to South Korea The mind of my brother to Vietnam Now there's a banker who says I must give up my land There are four generations of blood in this topsoil Four generations of love on this farm Before I give up, I would gladly give up my right arm What are we making weapons for? Why keep on feeding the war machine? We take it right out of the mouths of our babies. Take it away from the hands of the poor. Tell me, what are we making weapons for? son was a soldier he was so like my father he was so much like me to be a good comrade was the best that he dreamed he could be he gave up his future to revolution his life to a battle that just can't be won for this is not living To live at the point of love I remember the 900 days of Leningrad The sound of the dying 
the cut of the cold I remember the moments I prayed I would never grow What are we making weapons for? Why keep on feeding the war machine? We take it right out of the mouths of our babies Take it away from the hands of the poor Tell me what are we making weapons for? For the first time in my life, I feel like a prisoner, a slave to the ways of the powers that be. And I fear for my children as I fear for the future I see. Tell me how can it be we're still fighting each other? What does it take for a people to if our song is not sung as a chorus, we surely will burn. What are we making weapons for? Why keep on feeding the war machine? We take it right out of the mouths of our babies. Take it away from the This next song up is also from 1986. The album was called Invisible Touch, and the video is one of those that I still remember incredibly clearly from the first time I saw it as a kid. The puppets in it were done by a British television show called Spitting Image, and they are incredibly creepy. There are puppets of Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, Jimmy Carter, Margaret Thatcher, Brezhnev, and Kissinger, as well as the entire band, Genesis. This song was covered by Disturbed not too, too long ago, but I still prefer the original. <laughs> <laughs> 
some originals you just can't beat. This is Genesis, Land of Confusion.
I'm not entirely sure if Reagan having early stage Alzheimer's was well known during the time of his presidency or if it was something that was just remarked on that he wasn't always entirely there, but it was certainly known by the time that the Iran-Contra affair was brought before the Tower Commission in 1987, given that at a certain point they decided not to pursue any repercussions for Reagan, citing his quote-unquote declining health. It was likely a case of the emperor not wearing any clothes, though, given that at the end of this video, which I highly recommend watching, there are so many celebrity puppets in it, it's fantastic. Um, at the end of the video, Reagan has two buttons beside his bed, and one is labeled nurse, one is labeled nuke. He goes to reach for nurse, accidentally presses nuke, there is a mushroom cloud, and he says something along the lines of, that's one heck of a nurse! And then Nancy whacks him with a snorkel. End of video. There's a line in the song that stood out to me at the time as being very hopeful, but it later felt like a bit of a betrayal. And then later still, I came to understand that I think every generation feels this way. The line is, I won't be coming home tonight, my generation will put it right. We're not just making promises we know we'll never keep. You know, as a kid, I wanted to believe that, but when it didn't happen and my generation was handed basically a shit sandwich, I thought my generation would be the one to make things better. Clearly that hasn't happened and my generation has thus handed down that same shit sandwich now with a little poop spear on top. I don't know if we'll ever get it right. I haven't given up hope, but the optimism of youth has been tempered by the cynicism of experience. Last week, I mentioned a compilation that I found called Red Waves, and that compilation focused primarily on new wave in the Soviet Union. I found another fantastic compilation, this one called Soviet Punk Rock Anthology, and it covers 1980 to 1991, and I've got a bunch of fantastic tracks from that anthology for you this evening. The first one of which we're going to listen to is from 1986 still, and the artists are actually from Kazakhstan. I'm going to do my best to pronounce this. They are Podvigov Nurkena, and the title of the song is Strange Drunken Boy. Пьяный 
хорошо бери За стеной водяры море, ну давай скорее бери Он тоже пил водку, а теперь в тюрьме The audio quality on some of the tracks from the Soviet punk anthology isn't especially great, and I imagine that is because a fair number of these would have been bootleg recordings done with cheap little four-track recorders. And hey, there's no shame in that. Some of my first recordings were open-air using a ghetto blaster. And honestly, I think that adds to the charm. You do what you can with what you've got. Our next song is actually from 1987, and it's by a band called Impact, spelled with a K. This song is called DEFCON.
So, in mid-July of 1987, Gorbachev would offer to dismantle short- and medium-range missiles, which Reagan would agree to in December of that year. Gorbachev also publicly criticized Stalin, which was still a controversial move in spite of the de-Stalinization his predecessor Khrushchev had undertaken, given that several leaders in the intervening years had been more positive towards Stalin's rule. In late 1987, Gorby would also state that the Soviet Union would no longer interfere in the affairs of other communist countries in Europe. In addition to this, he pulled 500,000 troops out of various European countries as well as Afghanistan. These choices would actually win him the Nobel Peace Prize in 1988. Up next, from Johnny Clegg and Savuka, which is a South African band who tended to do a lot of political material, this is Berlin Wall.
Next, we've got another one from a band out of Montreal. The Box formed in 1981, and they had a fairly good amount of success in Canada during their time together. They actually broke up in 92, but uh, apparently got back together in the mid-aughts. I think I saw them as part of one of the CFNY Canada Day lineups. This next song that we're going to listen to is from their album Closer Together, and if I'm not mistaken, it was the first time that Sass Jordan made an appearance. She did backup vocals for this song. From the box, this is Ordinary People. In the USA.
next is one that I think I might have played as part of the MTV Unplugged episode. This from R.E.M.'s 1987 album Document is It's the End of the World as We Know It and I Feel Fine.
Bernstein, Liam Nash, Brass, Nap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly bean, boom, symbiotic, patriotic, slam, button, nap, right? Yelling, Leonard Bernstein, was always my favorite part of that song. Up next, we have another one from that Soviet punk anthology. This one is by a band called Antis, who are out of Lithuania. And this one is called Kada Kada. Next, another from that Soviet punk anthology from Anonym Ak out of Estonia. This track is called Misvahid, which translates to What Are You Watching? Oh, hey, it's my head, it's my head, it's my head. 
That kind of sound quality makes me think back to the punk shows at the farmer's market. Nice little soft, warm memory for me. Up next, from Living Colors' album Vivid, this is Cult of Personality. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand.
That song, the the bass line of it, the whole cadence of it, makes me think of Glue Leg's song, Heroic Doses. And I can't help but wonder if Glue Leg were fans of Living Color. I think last week I mentioned that one of Gorbachev's aims was to bring in some elements of capitalism in order to make communism work a little bit more effectively. And the name of that particular doctrine officially was perestroika, which translates to reconstruction. And it was, like I said, an effort to end the stagnation of the economy. And he did get a lot of pushback from his more conservative traditionalist opponents. But it looked on its surface like it might work. Up next, from that Soviet anthology again, we have one from JMKE out of Estonia again. Hi. This song is titled Hello Perestroika. Really? Right in the middle? Ja, 
Budapest has their own version of Cher, and her name is Eva. Her last name is actually Sispregi, but she's mononymously known as Eva, and she did a fantastic, fun song in 1989 called Clap Your Hands for Mikhail Gorbachev. And that's what we're going to listen to now. This is Eva's Clap Your Hands for Mikhail Gorbachev. Hey, listen, everybody. There's a new man in my life. Oh, yes. And he is really, really special. What's his name? His name is Mikhail Gorbachev. Mikhail Gorbachev? Mikhail Gorbachev.
Next, in a vein similar to that of R.E.M.'s End of the World as We Know It, we've got one from Billy Joel and his 1989 album titled Stormfront. This is We Didn't Start the Fire.
got one from Fishbone's self-titled album which also came out in 1989. This is Party at Ground Zero.
Incredibly, Fishbone is still active after about 40 years. I wasn't aware of that, and now I want to go look up more of their work because I forget how much I love Ska until I listen to it again. So it seemed as though the U.S. learned nothing from the Iran-Contra affair, and in 1989, Congress would again approve a huge chunk of cash to fund Nicaraguan Contras, though this time it was under Bush Sr. instead of Reagan. Up next, one more from the Soviet punk anthology. This is Jugo Zapad out of Leningrad, and the song is called Walking on Broken Bottles.
Up next from Poppily Eat itself, this is DEFCON 1.
This next song was written by the lead singer of the West German band The Scorpions after their visit to the Soviet Union in August of 1989, where they played the Moscow Music Peace Festival. The song and its album would be released in early 1991, and it would capture worldwide chart success after the failed coup that eventually toppled the USSR. Quoting now from Wikipedia, Wind of Change holds the record for the best-selling single by a German artist. The band presented a gold record and $70,000 worth of royalties from the single to Mikhail Gorbachev in 1991, with Soviet news sources claiming that the money would be allocated to children's hospitals. From the Scorpions, this is Wind of Change.
On November 9th of 1989, the new East German government would open the border between East and West of Berlin, and on November 10th, they would order that the wall be pulled down. While it would take quite some time for the wall to be pulled down in its entirety, there were hours of footage taken from that first night, and I would like to play you a clip just to give you a sense of the jubilance of the moment. This is news footage taken from the Berlin Wall as it was being torn down, and you can actually hear people hammering away at it. When the wall began to come down, this was the song that was played. And this song was actually originally released in 1979, although it was later redone by David Hasselhoff. The version we're going to be listening to this evening, though, is the original version from 1979 by Mark Seberg. This is titled Looking for Freedom. I was born a rich man's son I had everything that money could buy But freedom, I had none I've been looking for freedom
It would be hard to overstate just how important this moment was in history. I remember watching the fall of the Berlin Wall on television and I was 13. I don't think I really understood exactly how big a deal it was. I remember thinking, I need to remember this and not really understanding exactly why, but I knew it was a really big deal. At the beginning of December of 1989, Soviet and US leaders H.W. Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev would meet on a ship called the Maxim Gorky, just off the coast of Malta, where they would have discussions about ending the Cold War. I'd like to play you some of the remarks from that time. First, we're going to listen to a clip of Gorbachev speaking prior to the summit in Malta. Mr. President, Mr. Prime Minister, ladies and gentlemen, comrades. Хочу поблагодарить президента, правительство, народ Мальты за гостеприимство. I would like to thank the President and the Government of Malta and the people of Malta for their hospitality. I also would like to thank you for the prompt response uh, to the common request, the request of, of uh, myself and President Bush to make it possible to have a meeting here near the shores of Malta. And even 
от нынешней фазы развития международных отношений более прочному миру на всех континентах. Although we will be speaking on naval ships, I would like to assure you that we will be speaking about peace. We'll be speaking about how to move toward a better world, to move from a current stage in world development to a new world, to a better world for the peoples on all continents. Я придаю большое значение этой встрече. Мы надеемся, не отвлекаясь и не теряя время на формальности, провести большой разговор по тем вопросам, которые волнуют и наши народы, я имею в виду народы Советского Союза, Соединенных Штатов Америки, но также и народы всех стран. Uh, we attach great importance to this meeting, and we hope that we will be able, without wasting time on formalities, to engage in an important discussion on questions of concern to our two countries, to the peoples of the Soviet Union and the United States, and also to all the nations of the world. President Bush and I agreed to this meeting even before the official official visit of the Soviet Union of the United States. We think that the time is like this, and the events are like this, that we need Нужна большая динамика в наших отношениях, в наших связях, в нашем диалоге. President Bush and myself have decided to meet here earlier than the planned visit of the Soviet president to the United States because we believe that uh, recent developments call for more dynamic dialogue between our countries and our peoples. Именно поэтому мы здесь. So this is why we're here. Хочу еще раз выразить слова благодарности вам и всему народу Мальты. Надеюсь, мы в лучшем виде используем ваше гостеприимство. Let me thank once again you and the people of Malta, and I hope that we will be able to make the best use of your hospitality. Спасибо. Thank you. Спасибо. And now an excerpt of remarks from. President Bush at the conclusion of the summit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, President Gorbachev has graciously suggested I go first. And um, I don't think anyone can say that the salt water get together was anything other than adventure, at least out in the harbor here. First, I want to thank Prime Minister Adami and the people of Malta and others for their warm and gracious hospitality. I want to thank the captain and crew of, of Belknap for the great support that they've given us. Uh, I think they were wondering if I was about to become a permanent guest. And a special thanks to the captain and crew of Gorky uh, for their hospitality. And also thanks to the captain and crew of Slava who uh, uh, have been so hospitable uh, to many on the American side. I first approached Chairman Gorbachev about an informal meeting of this kind after my trip to Europe last July. Amazing changes that I witnessed in Poland and in Hungary, hopeful changes, uh, led me to believe that it was time to sit down with Chairman Gorbachev face to face uh, to see what 
he and I could do to seize the opportunities before us to move this relationship forward. Uh, he agreed with that concept of a meeting. Uh, and so we got rapid agreement, uh, and I think that the extraordinarily devel developments in Europe uh, since the time that the meeting was proposed only reinforced the importance of our getting together. And so I'm especially glad we had this meeting. And we did gain a deeper understanding of each other's views. We set the stage for progress uh, across a broad uh, range of issues. And while it is not for the United States and the Soviet Union to design the future for Europeans or for any other people, I am convinced that a cooperative U.S.-Soviet relationship can indeed make the future safer and brighter. These joint remarks officially marked the end of the Cold War. This next piece is from what was called the Freedom Concert, and this was performed uh, around Christmas of that year, so maybe mm, five or six weeks after the fall of the Berlin Wall. I can't do it justice, so I'm going to play a recording now of the Leonard Bernstein performance of Ode to Joy, which was dubbed for the occasion Ode to Freedom. A celebration of freedom. Under the leadership of the conductor Leonard Bernstein, orchestral players and choirs from both East and West Germany are joined here in Berlin, just a few hundred meters east of the Brandenburg Gate, by musicians from America, Russia, France and Great Britain, the four countries who still have a formal presence in this no longer divided city. The concert is being televised in over 20 countries, from Japan in the East to America in the West. The wall is down and the city is euphoric and never was a musical work more suitable for a celebration than the one we shall hear now, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Its grand design is crowned by a setting of Schiller's Ode to Joy, a poem which sings exultantly of the brotherhood of men. Alle Menschen werden Brüder. And this is the message we send from Berlin this Christmas. For this performance, in which unusually the adult choirs are joined by children's voices, Leonard Bernstein feels authorized by the power of the moment, as he puts it, to make a significant change in the poem. Instead of the word Freude, joy, the choir will each time sing Freiheit, freedom. And so this becomes in word as well as deed, the Berlin Freedom Concert. The orchestra of Bavarian Radio is joined by members of the Staatskapelle Dresden, the Kirov Theatre Orchestra of Leningrad, the London Symphony Orchestra, the New York Philharmonic, and the Orchestre de Paris. The Bavarian Radio Chorus, also from Munich, is joined by singers from the Berlin Radio Chorus and the Children's Chorus of the Dresden Philharmonie. The soloists are June Anderson, Sarah Walker, Klaus Koenig, and Jan Hendrik Rotering. The conductor, Leonard Bernstein.
from the opening, now we're going to skip well ahead to the fourth movement of the Ninth Symphony, the most recognizable part. Our second last track for the night is also from a live performance that happened at the wall after its fall. This one was actually held on July 21st, 1990, and it was a performance of an album that had been released mm. over a decade prior. Hi. I'm talking about the wall, and if you haven't seen the performance of the wall at the wall it is incredible and well worth looking up if you're a pink floyd fan the costuming is fantastic and the ensemble cast will blow your mind this from that performance is the trial
prisoner who now stands before you was caught red-handed, showing feelings, showing feelings of an almost human nature. Well, this will not do. Call the schoolmaster.
Our last song for the night comes to us from a recording that was done about five months after the fall of the Berlin Wall in May of 1990. It would be released as a single in September of 1990 and would come out finally on the album Doubt in early 1991. It was inspired by the various revolutions of 1990, the fall of the Berlin Wall, and the band's time playing in Romania while they were on tour in 1990, shortly after the overthrow of Ceausescu, the totalitarian dictator whose brutal rule had lasted from 1965 to 1989. From 1991's album Doubt, this is Jesus Jones, right here, right now.
And that's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to thefnps.com. All the social media links are at the top right, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to my scratchpad, as well as early notice of bonus shows and some fun merch, as well as access to the private Brown Bag Wednesdays stream, which will be coming soon. The parts, they are in the mail. Whether short-term or long-term support, your coins help me pay for hosting, streaming, and new tunes to keep the show both on the air and fresh. There's a suggestion box on the site, so if you have show ideas, drop them in there. I always look forward to hearing them. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.